and we are live with another edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, oh man, did we have an interesting week five in college football to say the least. Uh, some shootouts. Uh, we always had an, uh, a very big upset. We had a very thrilling finish in a couple of games in the SEC and in, I guess, the ACC, if you want to count it as that for one team. But nonetheless, another good week in college football. Week six should bring some other great matchups coming up this upcoming weekend. But overall, what were some of your uh, lasting impacts from this past weekend? Georgia's not that good. All right. I'm going to say it. Georgia's not that good. That, that That's my lasting impact because I was sitting there watching Auburn, who lost to Texas A&M for backup, backup quarterback by three scores, go toe-to-toe for Georgia for 45 minutes. So Georgia's not that good. That's my that's my that's my main takeaway from this weekend. Well, we knew Georgia was going to be the same team compared to last season, but yeah, that's fair. But nonetheless, Week Five still brought some good, exciting action, and we had a early game on Friday this past Friday between two ranked Pac-12 teams, and this, a, a big game for Oregon State going into this one. Obviously, coming off the loss to Washington State. Really needed a win to stay alive in conference play. Taking on 10th-ranked Utah. And Oregon State, to their credit, great job defensively in this game. Holding Utah to just 7 points uh, and getting a huge win. 21-7 to being the final. Oregon State getting their first conference win of the season. They now jump up in the top 25 polls with the conference win over the Utes. And they stay alive in conference play after that loss to Washington State. Nonetheless, though, for a team that you like a lot, Andrew, a huge win, to say the least, for this Beavers team. Yeah, the true rulers of the Pac-12 alongside uh, Washington State. Um, great, great game, bounce back game, really showing, uh, God, it, it's really playing for Pac-12 pride because they're the only one of the only two teams left in it after this year. And we're going to talk about maybe in the preview show some future Pac-12 teams. I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, we could speculate. Yep. Um, great game by Oregon State. Wasn't even that close. Uh, you could have taken the minus ten. It would have been. It would have been a lock. Uh, very exciting. You know they moved up in the rankings again. And hey, they still have an outside chance of making the college football playoff. So that's what's the most important thing here. And Utah, you know, obviously, uh, it sucks. But you know they were on the road. You know whatever. Yada still yada. Still the backup quarterback too. Still the backup quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, you, you still have a bright future, and you're and obviously their college football playoffs paths are still open. It's a lot harder, but it's still open. Um, but yeah, what a win for Oregon State. Yeah, and now they move up, as I mentioned, in the top twenty-five polls. And you're right; they still have an outside shot at making the college football playoff as long as they're able to win out the rest of the year. They're now four and one on the regular season. Now, as I mentioned, one and one in conference play. So a big win. For this Beavers team, and their next couple, they have Cal coming up in their next game, and then after that, they have UCLA. Still have matchups with Washington and Oregon, though the end of the season. So those two games being back to back, it's a brutal end of the season for this Oregon State team. But if they want to have a shot at making the college football playoff, like you said, huge opportunity for them if they can win out. But we'll have to see what happens. But nonetheless, a great win for the team over Utah. That started off our college football week on Friday, but now let's get into the games that happened this past Saturday. And I think we have to say in the same conference to talk about the big-time shootout that we had in Boulder, Colorado, between 
the Trojans of USC taking on the Buffaloes of Colorado. Man, what a game that we had in this one. It looked like at the beginning USC was going to run away with this game. Caleb Williams was slinging the ball, had a, a, a bunch of touchdowns in the first half. But to the credit of this Colorado team, Andrew, they fought their way back in this game. It made it very interesting late. Unfortunately for them, they fell at the final of 48-41. to They dropped their second game in a row after losing to Oregon last week. USC remains unbeaten on the year, now going to 5-0. But without Travis Hunter, this Colorado team still played very solidly in this one. And are starting to show that, listen, it's still not great. They have given up a lot of points these last two weeks. But there's still some things that you like that you've gotten from this game. And Shador Sanders made some good strides in the second half of this one to give Colorado a chance. Yeah, I want to talk about Shador Sanders. I realize he had a pick, but five total touchdowns against the number eight team in the country. You could say uh, USC let off the gas at towards the end there, but still to have five touchdowns like that against a top 10 team, a legit top 10 in USC. Caleb Williams, obviously the real star of the show here. Six touchdowns on the day. That's just unbelievable. Uh, looking like a big 12 shootout, so eh, it is what it is, uh, which is kind of ironic, but... You know, that's neither here nor there. Um, I think the real, but the biggest, uh, the biggest change here is I think it should do our Sanders draft, draft stock. I think it just went way, way up after that. I think he still needs another year in college, but. He will, he'll stay another year. Yeah, he'll stay another year to play with his dad, whatever, you know, get, get mentored. He's getting mentored by Tom Brady for, so, I mean, that that's, that's massive for him. And he obviously doesn't need the money, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So. He'll stay another year, but I think he would be picked in the first round this year. I think he'd be picked in the top 10 as of right now. If the, if the season ended today, he'd be a top 10 pick in this upcoming draft. Obviously, you have to have the combine, see his uh, see his physical t- uh, his physical tools, see what his um, his 40-yard dash is, what, is, what he's benching, you know, his accuracy, and all the other drills and all the, uh, all the intangibles. But based on what he's done so far on the field – and what he's shown off the field and his uh, sportsmanlike conduct and his the way he carries himself, he'd be a top 10 pick in this draft. That is definitely a bold statement, especially with the quarterbacks that we have coming up in this draft, especially well, I, with listen, the guy. I think he's better than Drake May. I, I'm going to say it. I think he's better Ooh. than Drake May. Okay. I mean, I, was, I don't think he's better than Caleb Williams because I think Caleb Williams would be taking number one overall. But is he better than guys like Drake May? I, I, I think so. Bo Nix? Yeah. yeah, I think so. All right, that's fair. I, I'm not going to fight you on that. But they, but listen, Shador came out to play. He threw for 371 and four touchdowns in this one. Caleb Williams, you mentioned, six touchdown passes and 403 yards. A great game for both of these offenses. The defenses realistically had no effort whatsoever in this one. But for Colorado, listen, they had two really tough games back-to-back. Now they get Arizona State this week, so you're hoping that maybe – they can get back on track and get a win this upcoming weekend against the Sun Devils. Then you got Stanford after that. So those are two games that if they get back-to-back wins, could get them some confidence. And for USC, listen, they get another big win. They're still at the top of the conference now, 3-0 in conference play. They have Arizona coming up. But keep in mind, a big game looms with Notre Dame in just a couple weeks at South Bend. That's going to be a great matchup between those two teams. And realistically, it could be an eliminator game in terms of who can make the college football playoff and who doesn't make it at the end of the day. So a very good game coming up in just two weeks' time between those two teams. But let's move on to the next game, and we'll go into the SEC play. And we got to talk about Kentucky, man. 
they have they've had Florida's number for a couple of years now. And I believe now this is the third straight year that they have beaten the Florida Gators as they were at home this week in Lexington taking on this 22nd ranked Gators. And they dominated this game from the very get-go, winning this one 33-14. Florida just had nothing going offensively. Graham Mertz had a really tough time there. Uh, Trevor Etienne could not run the ball. And Kentucky took advantage of that. And keep in mind, Andrew, they did this without throwing for over 100 yards. They threw for 69 yards. Go ahead. I didn't say anything. No, I thought you were going to say something after that. Okay, never mind. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> there it is. Um, but they did it. They won this game due to their good defensive play and their rushing attack. Ray Davis, boy, does he earn some flowers after this one. 26 carries, 280 yards, and three rushing touchdowns for the Wildcats. They go to 5-0 now on the season, and they now move into the top 25 polls going into their big showdown with the Georgia Bulldogs this upcoming weekend. So Kentucky – very good start to the year and another good start for Mark Stoops and his team. Yeah, no, Kentucky football is real. Kentucky football is real. North Carolina football is real. Duke football is real, even though they lost this week, but we'll get into that. Uh, Kansas football is real, even though they lost, we'll get into that. Uh, college basketball is is so 2008. Who needs that anymore? We you have college football. So uh, great start by this uh, Kentucky team. Really getting it, getting into the uh, the spirit over here of having a uh, I I can't even say tapping into historical like you know because historically they were just never that good. I, I realize they play in the SEC and all that, but this is like uncharted water waters for them. Like because I I don't think they've been this strong or this consistent for years. I I couldn't think of the last time they were they this uh, consistent. It has been a while. They were ranked a couple of times the past couple of seasons, but they, as you mentioned, they haven't really been as consistent when it comes down to it. The and only time I could actually think of it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think of Jared Lorenzen playing for Kentucky. That's the last time I think they Giants had this. Giants legend of, Jared Lorenzen. I mean, Love that's Jared I think. Lorenzen. I mean, I know the Vaden's really start off too hot under him, but I know towards the end, like, oh yeah, like you know, they got a little bit better. But that's the last time they were this exciting, right? I would think so. It's been it's been tough. They haven't really had great success the last couple of seasons in terms of their football program. And also with the, with the basketball program has also been, um, it's tough. You know, they kind of get overlooked in the scheme of things, but a five and start to this season definitely helps you. I'm trying to think overall though, when their last great season would be, they've had, as I mentioned, a couple great years, the last couple of years under Mark Stoops, 2021, they went 10 and three, 2018, they went 10 and three. But other than that, Really, not many other great years. You know, they had some good years that you said with Gerald Lorenzen, but it's been tough. So these last couple of years with Mark Stoops have been good. Getting two 10-win seasons. Now you're 5-0, and a potential to get another 10-win year this year. But like I mentioned, a tough game this upcoming weekend with Georgia on the road. That's really going to come, you know, be an all end-all, be-all game for this team in deciding are they for real or are they going to let the bright lights get to them taking on the number one team in the country. Uh, I mean, we'll get into that in a little bit, but um, so I'll, I'll save my comments. I'll save my comments of that. No more comments for me. I'll, because I'll, uh, we're, we're going to talk about it a little bit. Okay. Uh, and we'll talk about Georgia coming up right now is they went into Jordan Hare to take on the Auburn Tigers. And I won't love, I won't lie with you. They did struggle. You're absolutely right. In this game, they were down 10, nothing at the end of the first quarter did tie it before going into the half. And they were losing 
going into the fourth quarter, but they were able to hold on and win this one 27-20. Carson Beck did have some bad moments in this game, but was able to you know persevere and get Georgia the win. Um, they took advantage of the fact that Auburn really can't pass the football either, so that's another thing too. Uh, Auburn's rushing attack was the, a big reason why they were able to stay alive in this scheme. But Georgia was able to hold on due to some good defense down the stretch of the game. They go to 5-0 now on the season. I mentioned they have Kentucky this upcoming weekend at home in a big-time SEC matchup. So we'll have to see how they fare. But it's been a very rocky start for this Georgia team. We knew that they were going to be not as good as the past couple teams were the last two years. But they're still undefeated nonetheless. But with some of these bigger SEC matchups coming up later in the year for them, they're going to need to try to fix some of these issues that they've had early in these games. Otherwise, there's a great potential that they might lose one of these next couple games. Yeah, no, I don't think Georgia looks that good. I, I've said it multiple times. I feel like they're not living up to their potential. Uh, they can't really coast off that name forever. I know. I realize they've had some really great quarterbacks over the last couple of years, and by a big by couple of years, I just really mean Stetson Bennett. Um, it's just, it's very, very, very tough to be a, a Bulldog fan. Even though you're the number one team, it kind of has like this looming cloud over you, right? Even though like, yeah, you're winning, whatever, it's great. But like, are you are you actually like, do you think this team can go off away? Because it's one thing to like win games, be like, oh yeah, this is great. And I experienced this every year as a St. John's basketball fan. Um, huh. Where you're like, oh yeah, we're great. We're 10 and 0. But yeah, like, yeah, you get beat up on bad teams you beat you know you're you're playing down to your competition so yeah you're winning games but like does it feel good to be winning these games that that's the question i have for georgia fans i know you're winning but you should have beat auburn by 20 points that, that's just what it is i had them to cover i thought they would be an easy cover they finally gonna wake up but apparently not so all i'm gonna say about georgia they, they need they need to um to stop playing down to their competition yeah, and listen, they will have a tough matchup with Kentucky. Kentucky has looked good throughout the start of this season. It won't come easy for the Bulldogs to come Saturday, that's for sure. But you're absolutely right. They need to start getting, you know, they need to have a full, consistent game because they haven't had that throughout these first couple of weeks. And that's even against some of the lower competition, teams like UAB and Ball State and Tennessee Martin. They've looked slow starting off these games, but have eventually – found their rhythm late in it. They haven't had a full, complete game, and that's really concerning going into the rest of SEC play. This obviously being their second conference game of the season. They really need to get that full consistency. Otherwise, there's a great opportunity for one of these teams to realistically pull off a quote-unquote upset and hand them their first loss in a while. I think they're now on a, I want to say, a 23-game winning streak or 22-game win streak. Something like that. Current, currently going on. So – something's got to happen for this Georgia team if they want to continue it, but they need to find a full consistent game if they want to continue the streak. Yeah, no, you, you, you're kind of this, uh, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. I agree with you 100%. Uh, the problem right now is consistency, consistency for Georgia. There's not really no rhyme or reason why they're playing down to these teams, but uh, you're, hitting, you're going to week six, guys. You're at the mids, you're, you're literally at the pretty much the 50% mark of the regular season. You have to step on the gas now. You got to figure it out. You, this isn't the time to kind of like, oh yeah, reassess. Like no, like you should have this figured out by now. Um, 
but I, I guess maybe, just maybe, they'll figure it out this week. But I'm not going to hold my breath. We'll have to see. But how about this next game? And I know this one pains you a lot, considering I know how much you like Kansas being back into the top 25 polls. Unfortunately, it was a short stint for them in the top 25 as they went in to Texas to take on the Longhorns. And the Longhorns had a really big second half to beat the Jayhawks, winning this one 40-14. Quinn Ewers throwing for 325 and a touchdown. Jonathan Brooks was the story of this game for the Longhorns. He ran for two six, uh, 218 correction, uh, 21 carries for two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Texas looks really good right now, man. On both sides of the ball, their defense has been playing solidly so far in the season. Another great offensive offensive game for them here. Did have a, a slow start in the first half, but picked it up in the second half of the year. And they have their biggest game of the season up to date now. Obviously, they had the game against Alabama earlier in the year, but now a big rivalry game with Oklahoma this week. And honestly, Andrew, they get past this game. I don't really see a scenario where they don't make the college football playoff. I just don't really see a big threat for them the rest the of the year. 12? I just don't see it. Yeah, the rest. I of mean, the, you look could, at the rest of the schedule. I mean, yeah. Besides, really, this upcoming weekend, I think you're uh, you're right. Um, Probably but, the next toughest game would be the championship game. Yeah, I mean, but Texas could Texas, so you never. That's know. That's also true. Well, it could happen. Like Chargers charge, Texas will Texas. So uh, don't hold your breath just yet because it's not written in stone. I know you don't want to hear the words Texas is back yet. So I, I I've been saying it. Listen, I said from the beginning of the year, like, I said Texas was back. I said that I have I haven't been I have been going to the college football playoffs. I haven't penciled in penciled in already, but no, um, that's fair. So like I'm not I'm not like, oh my god, I didn't see this coming. Like, no, I haven't I had been penciled in it. They don't make it be shocking to me because it when we're just in a different era. And you, we, there's boosters now and there's the whole NIL era and but you don't go to play for legacy schools anymore. Um it's it's a whole nother ball game, and uh, these they can get paid now, so that's re- really gives the uh, the leg up to schools like Texas, Texas A M, even no schools like SMU. They pretty much bought their way into the ACC, which is crazy when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm still stunned. They're in the ACC going into that's starts next year, right? They're in the ACC. Uh yes, sir. Uh, that is a that's an unbelievable thing to think about that them being in the ACC. That's what money can do and boosters can do for you. So, you know, God bless Texas. Yeah. Um, well, now pivot to the next game on our schedule. And how about this game between LSU and Ole Miss? A lot of twists and turns. It looked like LSU had this game, you know, pretty much won in the later stages of it. Didn't look like Ole Miss was going to have an opportunity to come back and win. But you got to give the Rebels credit. They were able to come back. They were at one point up. 10 then they were trailing as much as nine late in the fourth quarter but two late touchdowns for them in a span of five minutes gives them a 55 to 49 win over the lsu tigers big game overall for jackson dart did a huge job on both passing and rushing he had 389 yards passing four touchdown passes also had a rushing touchdown and he was able to outdo Jaden daniels of lsu who had 414 yards and four passing touchdowns. Nothing more than you could like out of a game like this. A lot of high-scoring matchups. Uh, LSU had a chance to win the game late. Uh, unfortunately for them, they were not able to get the tu- you know a touchdown on the last play of the game. And Ole Miss was able to, to capitalize and hold on, and they stay alive in the SEC race. And for LSU, it's a tough loss for them there. Their second loss on the year. First conference loss of the season for them. 
And now that pretty much eliminates them from any, you know, college football playoff talk now with this second loss. And they still have to play Alabama later in the year. So obviously the defense has been really troubling for them to start the season. And remember, they got an interesting matchup coming this weekend with Missouri. So they have to really, you know, put this game behind them and try to, you know, make sure that they get back on track with this upcoming game. But just a a game for LSU that they should have won and they just let it slip away for them. Yeah, here's the thing with LSU and uh, Brian Kelly in general. If he gets, I think if he gets through Missouri this week, he should only lose to Alabama. Um, I know I realize Mizzou is back and they're good again now. Um, that's great for them. Uh, but uh, this is gonna this is gonna sound weird, but they're not bad losses. Like you lost to Florida State and they're the top team. They're the top dog in the ACC. I think they're still five in the poll. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I'll double check that for you. And you, second, and you lost to a top, you know, quasi top 15 team in Ole Miss. It's an SEC team. It's not like you're losing the bad teams. Like they are number five. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're beating who they should be. I mean, they blew out Grambling State and Mississippi State. They had a close game with Arkansas. I know Arkansas is not the greatest SEC team, but if you put them in another conference, they're probably getting eight or nine wins on a year. That's just how it is. Um, so to me, LSU is kind of like what we what I expected of them. I didn't expect them to make the playoffs or make a push like this. So to me, this is the LSU team I expected. Yeah, uh, I I think it's tough because I knew when when I you know had them picked as my SEC winner and making it to the college football playoff. I just thought I you know I looked at the fact that their offense was really good. They had so many good playmakers and they could maybe make it to that point. And obviously they've shown that they have these playmakers at the end of the day. Unfortunately for them, it's their defense that has been killing them throughout some of these games. They gave up the 41 to Florida State, now 55 to Ole Miss. So not really good defensively for this team. And now obviously they have still some more big games on the rest of their season. The game in Missouri this week, they still got to play Alabama, still have to play Florida at some point. So if one conference loss won't hurt you. They still could make the SEC championship game if they're able to win out, but a tough loss for them, just the fact of how it happened for them this past week. Yeah, no, it's it's very tough losing like that, especially uh, in the last couple minutes of a game. But you got to rebound. You, got, you have Missouri now. You can't let it be a hangover defeat and just – kind of go on, take care of business, and uh, after that, just start looking towards Alabama. Yeah. and they can, still, spoke, they, can still, they can still play spoiler. That's why. Right, and I think at the end of the day, I think that's what they're going to be looking for now. Remember, they played spoiler for Alabama last season, too. So, that yeah, was These are all rival games, too. Like, Alabama and LSU, that is a deep-rooted rivalry game, so it's, it's not going to be pretty. Right. So, we'll have to see. But you mentioned last-second wins for a team. How about a last-second win for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame after a excruciating loss the previous week to Ohio State. They were the ones that got a last-second touchdown and were able to defeat, this time, the Duke Blue Devils as they were on the road taking on Duke. A wild atmosphere for Duke, obviously, being college game day, was there for the first time ever. And it was a great atmosphere, nonetheless. You know, great game between these two. It was a dogfight just because of how good the defenses were playing. But... Notre Dame, you got to give them credit. They had a long drive at the end of the game, 95 yards, I believe, or 96-yard uh, touchdown drive 
There was a fourth and 16 conversion from Sam Hardman where he ran the ball and he was able to get them down the field. And Audrey uh, Estime got them, or Audrey Estime, I'm sorry, got them the go ahead touchdown with 31 seconds left. And they were able to cover Johnson too with that two point conversion as they were able to hold on by the final 21 to 14. Another big story that came out of this game was Riley Leonard, the quarterback for Duke, got injured on the Blue Devils' final offensive possession. Not sure the severity of the injury at the current moment, but nonetheless could be a huge loss for them overall on the season as they still have an opportunity to make the ACC championship game if they're able to win out. But they're playing Florida State in a couple weeks on the road in Tallahassee, so it won't come easy, but they really need him. Yeah, no, and the thing about um, the thing about Notre Dame is now they need this win against Louisville, and oh boy, they need this win at US uh, hosting USC. They they cannot afford to lose any more games. I know this was kind of scary a little bit, you know. They're still number ten in the country, whatever, but they need to win these next two games. Yeah, Notre Dame's got it. Yeah, absolutely. And Louisville is looking like it's going to be a good win now because I think they're five and all in the season. Louisville is undefeated and so, they just got into the top twenty-five. So this is going to look it's it's a good win on their resume because remember in independence, so like this is it for them. Like this schedule is all they have. Yeah, I I think and listen, Clemson. If things go right for them, maybe they'll be ranked when they play them at the in early November. Who knows? But. These next two weeks are big for Notre Dame. Obviously, you go to Louisville. If they're able to win, they go. They got another big win against the ACC team. And then they'll play um, USC the week after. So these next two weeks are season-defining for Notre Dame. If they can win these next two weeks, because remember, this is all they have. They're an independent this is all this is what they got at the end of the day. So they need to not only beat Missouri and not only beat USC, they're also going to need, I think, just a tiny bit of help. Um, get a little bit of help, take care of business, maybe you sneak into the college football playoffs. You never know. Right, and you mentioned that they'll need help because you look at the standings in the top 25 right now. Notre Dame is number 10 now as for this past weekend's win against Duke. And the teams in front of them, obviously, you have USC. They'll be able to take care of business if, they able, if they're able to beat them. Uh, Oregon, Washington are eight and seven respectively, then it's from six to one Penn state, Florida state, Ohio state, Texas, Michigan, and Georgia rounding out the top 10. So there is a great chance for the fighting Irish to still make the college football player, but you did mention it. They'll need some help along the way. Good thing for them is most of those teams will be playing each other. You know, Michigan, Ohio State, and Ohio State and Penn State, Penn State, and that's Michigan, where you get the help from. They've all got to play each other at some point. Um, yeah. Washington and Oregon have got to play each other at some point. Same with Oregon and USC. This, it's there's going to be all these teams going to be playing each other at one point in the year, and that will give North Dame an opportunity to get back into the playoff if they're able to win out. But if they lose to USC, that's probably that's a it. dagger in their in their potential playoff hopes. Yeah, no, that's it. If they lose to USC, that's it. They're done. So, I'm, yeah, listen, that that's in a couple weeks. I've That's going to be a great game nonetheless. Um, but it won't come easy for the Irish. I believe that game is in uh, Southern California. Or is it in South Bend? Oh, no, it is no, in, South in South Bend. Bend. I'm sorry. It's in it South, South Bend. Bend. Yeah, so they got the advantage. They're going to be so on the... A, uh... Right. 
you know, they're going to be on their home field, their home field advantage. It's going to be their, uh, their fans, their stadium, their state, their city, and most importantly, their time zone. That's true. You're right. So we'll have to see how that unfolds in the next couple of weeks. But it's now time for everyone's favorite point in the show, and that is the mushing hour. And let's face facts, Andrew. We could not have had a worse week of college football this past week. Um, yeah, pretty awful in uh, college, but, you know, better in the NFL. So it all bounces out. It happens. I guess so. So we'll have to see if we can make some better picks this upcoming weekend as we have just about eight games to where we're going to be previewing going into week number six of the college football season. And unfortunately for me, we're going to start off with my favorite team, Syracuse Orangemen, who absolutely broke my heart and got absolutely manhandled by Clemson this past week. They go on the road to Chapel Hill. They will take on North Carolina. North Carolina now the 14th ranked team in the country after today's new top 25 poll. North Carolina is currently a nine-point favorite at home with the over-under being 58 points. Oh, man. Uh, I guess I'm going to start here. Go right um, Q's plus nine? Question mark? I'm going Q's plus me? nine. I'm going Q's plus nine. Uh, listen, I, I don't. They're going to bounce back eventually. I, I have faith in Syracuse. And they have to make a bowl game. And it'd be kind of funny because after Syracuse isn't like, you know, not that like they were going to make the college football playoffs, but after they're kind of mathematically oh, no. eliminated from that, um, they can play spoiler now. So I'm the biggest thought of UNC. Uh, yeah, I made this. I made the mistake of picking my team last uh, last time out, and it didn't work in my favor. Uh, maybe I mushed mush myself, and they actually win this game. So I'm going to take UNC minus nine to win. All right, we have our first inverse of the day. Very good job. All right, let's go to game number two. We have the Tigers of Louisiana State University, number twenty three in the country, on the road going to Missouri to take on the Tigers. Uh. <laughs> Number 21 in the country, <laughs> at home, even though they're on the road, Louisiana State University is minus six and a half point favorites, over under slate at six, two and a half. I'll get, I'm going to say it. Give me LSU minus six and a half, now that they're mathematically eliminated, but they're still playing for a New Year um, six bowl. So SEC title game is still alive for them. Still alive for them, so they have something to play for, and it's going to be a lot of motivation. So they're going to win, and they're going to cover. So give me LSU minus six and a half. Who, how much faith do I have in Missouri? That's the problem. They obviously had a big win earlier in the uh, last couple weeks against Kansas State on a monster field goal. I think it was 61 yards when it happened. Now you have a tough LSU team coming into town. LSU just put up 49 points and still lost the game. Ah, It's such a tough one, but I, I agree with you. LSU needs a bounce back game. I think they get it in this one. I'm also going to take the minus six and a half. So there is our first mush of the game. There's the mush. There it is. Missouri plus six and a half is the pick you all want to take. You know, we had some pretty bad mushes, like with Georgia and Florida last week. It was it was horrific. We also mushed Syracuse into existence too. Yeah, that's why I was. That's why I was. I tried taking Clemson at the end of the day. Yeah. All right. We got some Mountain West action. Yes, uh, we, Pac-12. we got some Pac-12 junior going on over here. Number 24, <laughs> Fresno State going taking on the Wyoming Cowboys. They're at home, Wyoming. Fresno State, minus six and a half point favorites on the road. 47 is the over under. Give me Wyoming here. I love this pick. Wyoming's a very underrated team. They kind of almost took it to the uh, 
They've almost beaten a couple of Power 5 teams this year. They've really taken it to them. And I know they had a little scare of New Mexico State. The Lobos, they end up winning. It's all good, you know. And to me, this is a uh, a Pac-12 audition right now. This game is a Pac-12 audition because I feel like it is. Listen, listen. No, I get it. I think if you if Oregon State and uh, and Washington State are very strong right now, they stay strong next year, and you could add in if Fresno State and Wyoming both end up sneaking into the top twenty five, you can build off that because these are you know they're historically they're okay football schools, and you add in someone like Boise State, like I've said this before. You get a little nice little, you know, mini conference going over there. You know, it could, it wouldn't be Power Five, obviously, but it it would be a lot better than I think than the ACC in about five years when it's going to implode. So you never know. But give me Wyoming money line. Okay. Now you mentioned this is Pac-12 juniors, so I'm very happy that you said that because it gives me no better feeling than to take the over for this game. Uh, the game is on Fox. Uh, 47, I feel like it's a very low score for two Mountain West teams that could put up some points. I think you'll see a lot of points being scored because of the fact that this game is on primetime. So these two teams will want to show out, and they'll definitely do it on Fox on 8 o'clock on Saturday. So be sure to tune in for that. I've got the over for this one. We were not paid to say that, but I wish we were. All right, into the next game. <laughs> Number 13, Washington State. The Cougars going into University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA. UCLA at home, unranked, but minus three and a half point favorites. The over under is slated at 59. Uh, give me Washington State. Give me a Washington State money line. I don't care. I'm not going to take the points here. Give me the pride of the Pac-12 over here. This would be big for Washington State, a five and zero start on the year. We get listen, them. So- I think that's disrespectful. I know UCLA is in a bunch of slouches, but you think Chip Kelly's that good? Uh, I like as a college coach. I think he's good. Not as an NFL head coach, obviously. That's fair. Now I picked Wazoo a couple weeks ago against Oregon State, and they they did treat me well. They got the win. My only concern with this is now they're going on the road for this game against a UCLA team that hasn't played, you know, in a little bit. Same thing with Washington State. These teams have not did not play this past week, so they had a bye week. UCLA's last game was against Utah. They only scored seven points in that game, so you know that Chip Kelly is going to want to have that offense ready against a Washington State defense that gave up 35 points in that Oregon State win. I think you'll see a lot of points scored in this one as well. I'm not going to take the over for this one, though, because I've been spurned by the Pac-12 sometimes with their overs. I'm going to actually take UCLA Moneyline to win this game. I think, unfortunately, for the for the Cougars, I think this is just a game where, you know, a lot of things are going their way, and I think they're going to overlook it because they still have some big games on the schedule, and they still got to play Oregon. They got to play, obviously, a rival in Washington later in the season. I think that's going to get to their head a little bit, and with a tough road atmosphere – on against UCLA, I think that's going to get to them. So I like the Bruins at this one. All right, you like the Bruins. Okay, we, we're not really mushing each other, so that's good. All right, we have the Crimson Tide on the road. Number 11, Alabama, taking on my Texas A&M Aggies. Go Aggies. Texas A&M at home and playing in Kyle Field. Despite this, they are the underdog. So it is Bama minus three and a half, uh, and the over-under slate Close at spread, though. Very close, very close. Uh, mainly because Alabama has played to the, down to the competition. I know that uh, 
that the starting quarterback for A&M, Connor Reichman, is out for the remainder of the season or for the near future. So we wish he, he gets better and we wish him well in a speedy it's recovery. Max Johnson again. So it's Max Johnson season. He's been showing out. He's been very Son good these of last couple former games. former NFL quarterback Brad Johnson. Yeah, no, he's showing out and he's making the best of his situation right now. I think he's one of the best backups in the country. So with that information, it happened. Deja vu. It happened a couple years ago. It's going to happen again. Give me Texas A&M to beat Alabama at home. There it is. Texas A&M money line. Go Aggies. Man, Max had a pretty good game this past week against Arkansas. And, 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 uh, the, and the year he came – end of year, geez. The game he came in against um against Auburn, too. He played phenomenal, too, right off the bench. Really good. Well, this is a biggie for Alabama because, obviously, they cannot afford any more losses if they want to make it back to the college football playoff. And – I would. I think if Wegman was playing, I'd like A and M a lot more in this game. Unfortunately, I just don't think they're going to win this one. I think Alabama, you know, the last two weeks has gotten back on track. Milrow had a on and off game against Ole Miss, but he, he played a lot better against Mississippi State this past weekend. I think this will be kind of a low scoring game between the two, but I do have the tie winning it. I'm going to take Alabama to straight money line. I'm not going to take the points because I could see Alabama winning by a field goal, and I do not want to be spurring by the minus three and a half. All right, I like that. Okay, Bama money line. Okay, we got a couple more games here. The next are the uh, University of Georgia Bulldogs. They're at home, and who's visiting them? The Kentucky Wildcats, number 20 in the nation. Uh, Georgia at home, minus 15 point favorites over under the slate at 48 and a half. Uh, Kentucky plus 15. Now that I said that, um, <laughs> George is going to spurn me and beat him by 55, but that's what they should do. So, uh, that's what give they, me exactly that Kentucky plus 15 until proven otherwise. The, uh, the jury is out on Georgia, but they are, they are guilty until proven innocent to me. So prove your innocence this week. Well, remember what happened for Georgia this past week against Auburn. They could not stop the run and that's what kept Auburn in the game. And look what Kentucky just did against Florida. They ran Round for over down. 250 plus yards. Yes, sir. Team. So, that could give Kentucky a great chance to keep this game close. Uh, I should pick, I really should just take Kentucky uh, plus 15. Honestly, do, do I take, do I take the over in this game is the question. I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to go with the over. I think you could see all, both of these offenses having themselves a field day. Uh, I like both scenarios where Kentucky could cover, but I also think Georgia, knowing that my luck, if they pick Kentucky to cover, then Georgia will have their best game of the season, and they'll beat them by, like, 21 points. So, yeah, so, so so Georgia minus 25 is the uh, is the actual real is the real line here. But, um, most likely. All right. We have the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, number 10 in the nation, going on the road to – Louisville, number 25, newest members of the AP Top 25, 5-0 in the season. Uh, despite this, Notre Dame is a, about a touchdown favorite on the road, 6.5 points, and the over-under slate at 52.5. Now, you're not going to like this, but Notre Dame kind of played down their competition a little bit. So, with that being said, I think they're going to win, but give me Louisville plus 6.5. I think they're going to okay. keep it close. Uh, I got to love with you. Uh, I am not a firm believer in this Louisville team whatsoever. Um, they played a stinker against NC State. It barely won. Um, 
they were able to barely hang on against Indiana, barely hang on against Georgia Tech, and then they beat up on Murray uh, Murray State and BC. Uh, I Notre Dame, in my opinion, should roll in this scheme. I do agree with you that most likely Louisville will keep it close just because Notre Dame has not been playing up to their competition. But I could see this being a really good defensive game, so I'm going to take the under for this one. Notre Dame's defense has been a key you know, a catalyst for them these past two weeks in their past two games because Ohio State and Duke keeping them alive in the games. And I think they'll do the same thing in this one. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, probably a 23-10 to 10 win for the Fighting Irish if I had to pick. All right, so I'm going to let you do this one. Um, actually, you know what? Yeah, it's up to you because this is the final time in the in the Big 12 this game is going to happen. Um, before they go to the SEC. Before yep. we go to the SEC. So the Oklahoma-Texas football rivalry, the Red River shootout, uh, the Red River showdown, whatever you want to call it. Red River it, rivalry, yeah, whatever you like to call it. This is the final time it's happening in the Big 12. I think it's hap- it's been happening since 1900, so over 120 times. This game's been played, or about 120 times this game's been played. Uh, Texas right now uh, is the current, you know, incumbent. Home team. They're at the Cotton Bowl. It's in Dallas, Texas. It's basically yeah, a home yeah, game for Texas. Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically a home game for Texas because Texas, it, it doesn't matter if they're playing in Austin. Um, it's kind of like, this is a neutral zone. Even though it's in Texas, it's like, from the campus-wise, it's like 50-50, whatever, but it's technically in Texas, or it's... It's a Texas home game. That's what I'm trying to go out here. But we have number 12, Oklahoma, playing the last time in the Big 12, which thankfully the SEC is going to keep this around. Number 12, Oklahoma, going to number three, Texas, being played in Dallas. Uh, Not Jerry World, but the Cotton Bowl. Um, Texas, minus five favorites, technically at home. 59.5 is the over-under. I have Texas going to my SEC, um, going to my Big Twelve ch- championship and making the playoffs. So I gotta take Texas minus five. They're my pick, and I gotta stay consistent. Well, we're gonna have another mush because I also have Texas minus five in this. Well, congratulations, game. Oklahoma. Now I think it's gonna come down to this. I Texas on paper to me is just the way better team. Oklahoma, um, I, they haven't really played anyone big so far on this on the season. I mean, their best win on, on paper. Is Cincinnati, I would say, on the road. And Texas has had some big wins. They just beat Kansas big. They went to Alabama and beat the Tide by 10 points. Texas offense is way better on paper. Their defense has been playing solid for them as well. As much as I hate to say it, this could be a, a defensive game between these two teams. I just think Texas has the more star power and firepower to win this game. Remember what happened last year? This is a 49 to nothing drubbing from the Texas Longhorns. Oklahoma definitely will make it a more competitive game this year. I just think it's not going to be enough to beat this Longhorns team. I think they win it by at least a touchdown. All righty, then. So that's that, that leads us to the uh, the end of the mushing hour, and there's only really one or two true mushes here, and that's unfortunately Texas. So uh, the way you look at it, Texas may be mushed. Texas may be back, may be mushed. You're right. It's it's it going to be, be one or the other. So. I'm curious to see how week six plays out. But before we uh, sign off, any uh, final comments you have about this past week going into week number six of this college football season? Uh, nothing yet. I mean, uh, I, I kind of have all my uh, all my thoughts out here, and I kind of um, kind of expressed all my opinions on the uh, the current events going on. And I'm just looking forward for another great week of college football. So there'll be some great games this week, nonetheless. 
as we get a little bit closer. We're almost there, Andrew, to the final game of the regular season going in to conference championship week and going into bowl season, the best time in all of college football. I cannot wait to see how it all unfolds and who ends up on top as the national champion. But that is going to do it for this week's edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Week 5 has concluded in this college football season. We now head to week number 6. Big game of slates, about 8 games that we like on paper to be some headliners, but I'm sure there will be a game or two that we did not cover that we'll be talking about next week on the show as we get in a little bit closer to the end of the season. Week 7 we'll be covering next week here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show. This has been Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.